The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And now, it's time for Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on 103.9 LI News Radio. Welcome, everybody. It must be Saturday afternoon from 2 to 3 p.m., or it might be Wednesday night from 9 to 10 p.m. We're on twice a week to talk about your career, talk about the workplace, look at the talent pools, look at the job market, look at the economy. Uh, we've covered every workplace issue and more on this radio show in the uh, two, three hundred years I've been on this station, and uh, also on News 12 for 24 years before I even came here. Always the same subject, what is happening in the workplace. One of my pet things that I love to promote is mentorships, partnerships, uh, apprenticeships, school business relationships, uh, outreach to students, and so on, to, to more carefully link the talent pools that we have here in Long Island and in the country with the jobs that are being offered. So there isn't a whole lot of this. I always tell the story, and I'll get to my guest in just one moment, that uh, 20 years, 25 years ago, I got a um, uh, sort of a press release from the Department of Labor. And it said, for the next 25 years, if you have any kind of physical therapy uh, certification, you have guaranteed employment. Guaranteed. So I said, wow, that's that's impressive, you know, that the Department of Labor, you know, wrote that to me. So what did I do? I called the 19 colleges and universities here on Long Island, and I said, do you have a physical therapy program? And they said no, right? So there's no connection between the Department of Labor, and this is not a knock on the Department of Labor, I'm just saying is they just don't have the resources to connect with the schools and the companies of Long Island to the degree that they would like to. And uh, so I, I that always was so, sort of like a cornerstone for me of, I've gotta do something about that. And that's what my television and radio shows have been devoted to all these years. And uh, this, this subject we're gonna talk about today with Michael Tedesco, the CEO of Apprenticeship Connections, uh, is is really close to my heart because I don't, I don't think there's anything better than an apprenticeship. If you're if you're a young person, uh, yes, there's mentoring, there's visiting, you know, uh, being a doctor for a day, you know, all these great programs that they have. But an apprenticeship is real work. It's the real McCoy, uh, and it, and it puts you in a great situation to further your career at a very accelerated pace. So, so I'm I'm very behind it, uh, Michael, as you'll see in just a moment. So, <clears throat> Michael is a Long Island lifer, uh, and he wants to make a difference when it comes to the workforce on Long Island. Apprenticeship Connections and Apprenticeship Intermediary is a consulting firm for businesses and associations to implement DOL registered apprenticeship programs and service them once approved. Businesses benefit financially through grants, trained employees, and better retention. Michael, welcome back to Radio Jobline. Scott, thank you so much for having me here. I really appreciate it. And uh, we're here, of course, recording on Valentine's Day. We are. Which our wives weren't thrilled about, but it's okay. Uh, It's early enough. It's okay. (laughs) Okay. So uh, you were on the show a couple of times. We talked about the automobile business a little bit. Uh, we've also talked about regular, good old-fashioned, normal apprenticeships that come from unions uh, a lot of the times. But it seems like your charter is to increase 
the amount of apprenticeships beyond just what we expect from unions and uh, and and the autom- automotive industry and so on. So, Michael, give us a little bit about your vision. You know, before we get into any particulars of the future, what what what? Do, how would you see apprenticeships developing over the next five years? First and foremost, I just want to say thank you very much for having me as a return guest because I really appreciate it. You are a true ambassador of apprenticeship programs, and I appreciate it. And I, I always uh, know that you are my corner, and that means a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, my vision is very clear. I mean, uh, you know, apprenticeship programs need to be considered more of a norm in, in our country. Uh, we are too familiar with the only path being college. Uh, we are very familiar with the word internship, which don't get me started on that word because every internship could be about 15 different things. Mm-hmm. But an apprenticeship program, which is very common in European countries, Canada, Asia, South Africa, but not as popular here in the United States. Because I think there is that misconception that, oh, apprenticeship programs are just for construction. Or they're just an internship, a different type of internship. Tell people that don't know, Mike, the difference between an internship and an apprenticeship. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for that one. That's, That's an ideal question right there. So internships are undefined, right? It could be three, six, nine weeks unpaid, not paid, uh, data entry, doing some photocopying, go make me, go get me my lunch, go shadow this individual who doesn't want to be shadowed or follow no path or roadmap, right? And again, I know people that have done each one of those, or I myself just did a data entry for 12 uh, 12 weeks in 1999 for Mm -hmm. Bear Stearns. Mm Mm-hmm. I never learned what Bear Stearns was. I was doing data entry for Y2K. Mm-hmm. We all remember Y2K. Yes, the, world was, the world was coming to an end. Yes. But I was never taught what I was doing or why I was doing it. Right. But in an apprenticeship program, the idea of an apprenticeship program, it is a career path. It is a guide, a roadmap, something to follow, to strive, to become something. And that's the thing. We all think, oh, electrician, plumber, carpenter. Yes, those are career paths. But they they're are great. They're great career paths. Very successful on Long Island because right. of prevailing wage and and the need and obviously yeah. the need of not only from residential construction but there's so many opportunities that those lead to. Mm-hmm. On the flip side of it, you know those are only about sixty five or seventy trades. Mm-hmm. New York State Department of Labor has over hundred and seventy five different career paths to choose from in industries like art and design, automotive. Uh, business, right? Marketing, HR, accountant, uh, health and human services, IT, manufacturing. So, so again, lo- lots of areas you might not expect. Exactly. Right. If you have no idea, if you had no idea that they were even possible, then you're just completely out of the out of the loop. So you can't even be involved in the conversation if you never knew they even existed. Mm-hmm. So, so most people, when they think of an apprenticeship, they do think of a union. They think of a trade. They think of a, a concrete worker or a, uh, you know, anybody that's that that's doing plumbing, electrical. By the way, have you ever tried to get a plumber on Long Island or 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 an, or an electrician on Long Island? I mean, you know, it's it's near impossible, and they make great money. I've talked to them. Great money. I I actually speak to them, and I said, I look, and I have a career show. You know, what do you make? You know, and these guys tell me the number, and it's like. It's it's a six figure number. Absolutely. So, so uh, it better be if they're it, good at it. Of course. So so I think people underestimate what great blue collar fields there are on Long Island, and the demand for those blue collar fields is very strong. And then, and blue collar also means a lot of things. Blue collar can mean construction, mm-hmm. automotive, mm-hmm. manufacturing. Again, with the wind turbines coming, right? The 
That's all going to be under the uh, scope of apprenticeship programs in some capacity because you have to teach that individual right. that career path. And I didn't mean to push it into blue collar because you have white collar too. You have accountants, you said, right. a- HR. You know, these are considered white collar uh, crimes. And, and, no. and then I'm also focusing on expanding that. And it's funny that you just told that story before the show started about mm-hmm. the physical therapist. Mm-hmm. So I've actually created with a company um, out in Stony Brook, we've created a fitness instructor apprenticeship program. Mm -hmm. So there's now a one-year program where an individual can focus on being a personal trainer, yoga, Pilates, mixed martial arts. You get to choose Mm -hmm. that career path and get the opportunity to have that employer send you to Suffolk Community College to take those courses in that career path. And who pays for that? The employer. The employer pays for that. That's the Or... There might be a grant that covers the cost of that. Right. Either way. Either, either way, way yeah. that individual got an opportunity to go to a college that they could not afford or did not want to go to. Mm-hmm. Just the opportunity alone to be exposed to post-secondary education at the cost of the employer. Mm. The employer gets to prove and show that I'm going to invest in you. I'm going to give you a roadmap, that year-long training program that focuses on different aspects. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you, pay you a guaranteed salary day one. And like I said before, that internship, sometimes are paid, sometimes are not paid. Right. Apprenticeship, you are paid day one. You have a full-time job with a guaranteed wage progression and the opportunity to get certificates, licenses, and access to post-secondary education. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win. Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous. So let, let's hear a little bit more about the history of Apprenticeship Connections, where you started, what was the genesis for all of this, and, and then where, where we are now. Oh, man. That's a good question. <laughs> so as you mentioned before, uh, Long Islander, and I think uh, being a Long Islander, Generation X Long Islander, you are the uh, told in the late 90s you have to go to college because going to college was necessity. Mm-hmm. Being the first in my family to get a college degree was obviously uh, – something to strive for. And, and I obtained that degree, a uh, four-year degree coming out of the University of Buffalo and you get a marketing degree and you get a job in the city and about a year in and you go, oh my God, I hate this. Mm. So true. And that is kind of what my envision is. So you get scared, you get depressed, you get upset because you just spent four years getting a degree in something and you find out you don't really like. And now you're in a, a big hole of debt. Right. And, and then this is back in the 90s, and you're like, what am I supposed to do? I can't go back to school for another four-year degree, mm-hmm. and I guess the only thing I'm good at is sales. Mm-hmm. So I go get some sales jobs. And I will fast forward the story for you, but that was the thing. Like, If I would have known there was 174 other career paths that I could have pursued, maybe my life would have been a little different, but it got me to where I am today. Right. Sales jobs for a very long period of time in many different industries and, and aspects uh, took me to uh, 2011, so 11 years in the workforce. I have an opportunity to be exposed to a trade association that advocated for non-union commercial construction companies, something that I did not know ex- even existed mm-hmm. on Long Island. And working with this association, an opportunity presented itself to uh, two years later to be their membership director. And as a membership director of all of Long Island, New York City and Rockland and Westchester, I was told to grow the membership, retain members, plan events, and help them get their apprenticeship program. And I said, what's an apprenticeship program? Mm-hmm. I had no idea what that even meant at the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was sink or swim. And I sat in, in on every single meeting with the Department of Labor. I learned about the policies, the paperwork, the procedures. I was running a school out in Ronkonkoma. Back to your point, um, 
11 different trades, 60 different students Monday through Thursday coming in after a long day of work and learning that career path. Mm -hmm. The electrical class, the plumbing class, the carpenter class, the laborer class, roofing, um, masonry, whatever the case may be. But these are young individuals, Mm -hmm. high school dropouts. Some of them are just graduated from high school. College was not in in the cards for them, but they're on a career path. And they're, and they're motivated. And when they get out of the program, exactly what you said before, they're now in a career they like. They're making good money, six figures before the age of 30, mm-hmm. have the opportunity to stay in commercial, maybe move over to residential. Like You have endless opportunities. It's a gateway to mm-hmm. that career path. Now, there's a certain, or there must be, Michael, a certain joy in this for you. Because I can tell you how happy it makes me. I've had uh, four five or six interns here at LI News Radio and people love the radio business and they want, and they'd love to be in there but I can't pay them I don't have a budget for it but they they're happy to do it anyway two of them have gone on one is a anchor for ABC Television in Virginia and the other works for NFL football and and so for me to watch them go from nothing you know just to hang in here on my show and being my guest coordinator to getting jobs in their field there's such a a, a feeling of uh, i don't know thankfulness you know that they have and that i also have because i put them through that and and i i'm the one that helped them do it so i was just thinking for you with the apprenticeships it must be so gratifying you know when you take a person who's lacking the direction doesn't have the resources didn't really know the the button to push you know to, to even get started with this all of a sudden you've got him on a track where he's going to make these six figures in just a couple of years and that right there that i agree with you 100 and that after five years working for that association uh, I said to myself, that is what I want to focus on. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to focus on, again, being a part of association. Again, union, non-union, construction. Again, not my thing. Mm-hmm. Being there to educate young individuals or put them on, putting them on that path is what I truly just wanted to focus on. And again, after five years in 2019, I'm like, maybe because I turned 40, I'm like, this is what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I want to start a company where I just focus on what I was doing for the past five years for construction companies, but for all industries. Mm-hmm. Because again, it was something that at the time, President Trump, Governor Cuomo, local politicians on Long Island in 2017 were saying apprenticeship programs, apprenticeship programs, but no one was listening. Mm. And I think I said before, it's so true. There's that big disconnect as much as the, the people just don't trust the Department of Labor mm-hmm. or don't feel comfortable or have the time to deal with the paperwork, the policies, the procedures. But if they knew there was an advocate, someone that could walk them through the process to give them know like, hey, I have your back. In this process, I know what I'm doing. I want to make sure it goes as smooth as possible for you. Then it'd be, I think it would be a little more relief and more people would be involved. Right. Uh, but so far, Michael, you're the one that stepped forward. You know, as far as I can tell, I mean, no one else has approached me, you know, about, about this. And I have a show about <laughs> about getting a job. So, uh, you know, it, 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 I think it's awesome what you do. And I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm proud of you. Thank as, you. As a fellow Long Islander. Uh, give us just a couple of quick success stories like, oh, like, like that. My, I know you have too many, but pick one or two. So uh, the most recent one, and I, I think I, I've, only because we just talked about it, uh, I just helped a union-based organization of electrical contractors mm-hmm. in the uh, city to become a group sponsor, mm-hmm. right? So now there's an association that now allows these 17 or 18 electrical contractors to now be able to compete in the world of electrician, right? Mm-hmm. So now it's also working with the union, something that... I was never given the opportunity to be associated with because most of the time, anytime I helped a company, the unions, the un- all most unions are good. They already have a program, so there was no need for me. Mm-hmm. But someone gave me the opportunity, 
Uh, and now that group association has, um, you know, over 20 different apprentices in programs in a school in New York City, hitting the road, hitting the ground running. Um, I just mentioned to you before, like I said, we have that Finnish instructor program. I've, I've expanded outside of New York State. Um, I just recently, like I said, the junior accountant apprenticeship program. So we have the second business in the entire city of New York uh, in Hop Hog that has a junior accountant apprenticeship program. Mm. So now that's a, that's a two-year program, getting to utilize the SUNY system for education. And uh, I think what's great is that it, that individual company hired a 43-year-old woman that wanted to re-enter the workforce. Mm-hmm. So this isn't just someone that's 18 to 22 or 23. It could be any individual right. that wants to pursue a career path. And they met with her, and they thought that she was fantastic, and they were giving her the opportunity to get re-entered in the workforce. So here's a question. Now, two of the industries that, stri- that come to mind, uh, Mike, are computers and engineering. So you've got your, uh, your network people, your, your software people, your cybersecurity people, your artificial intelligence people, uh, all in high demand, uh, even though there's been a lot of tech layoffs. Uh, and then you've got your engineering people. Not enough people go into engineering careers either. Are you beginning to tackle areas like that where the need is outweighing the talent pool? Are you reading my, are you reading my emails? No. Because I, I think you're reading my emails. No. <laughs> so... It is a big push this year, and I agree with you. IT, IT is big. Mm-hmm. Um, the New York State Department of Labor just recently, last year into this year, just expanded it from nine trades or uh, active programs to about 16, mm-hmm. right? Some of the engineers, the uh, analysts, these are now programs that a company could now incorporate into their business model and train more people. Mm-hmm. Now, the obstacle they're having on that end is obviously with the market being the way it is, there's a lot of remote. Right, And in an apprenticeship program, it is ideal to have young individuals either in New York State or something where they could be actually mentored side by side. Mm-hmm. So you hiring someone from a different state, it's very hard to do that kind of mentorship. Right, right, right. So that is that one obstacle the Department of Labor is having a hard time trying to overcome. Mm. But the engineering. So uh, amongst many other uh, goals we're having forward this year is that I wanted to focus more on facilities management as a industry I wanted to go after. Mm-hmm. And in the last three weeks, building automation engineering, I've come across companies that are just looking to find ways to grow their workforce under building automation, which I had no idea at the time even was, but mm-hmm. they were telling me how people only really apply for this are engineers. Mm-hmm. has a hard time finding people, either one, that want to be engineers, or two, unfortunately, coming out of college and now are demanding these six-figure jobs without even having any work experience. And they go, we can't offer you $100,000. You've never been here before. You have mm-hmm. no work experience. Mm-hmm. So now they're at, this, they're at this conundrum where they would love to have an apprenticeship program to, to start or, you know, that building automation engineering apprenticeship program. Okay. Before we go too much further, we got a commercial coming up. But I, but I wanna, want you to give, tell us about your firm, your website, if there is one, uh, how people can get involved, Michael. Okay, perfect. So... The, again, the name of the company is Apprenticeship Connections. Uh, you could obviously Google that. The website is uh, www.accc, that's three Cs, nys.org. Uh, there is a tab that says Contact Us. And at the end, you could either um, you know, write a message, hit submit. Um, you could jump onto our um, newsletter that we've uh, sent out now on a, on a monthly basis. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if again, if you're an employer and you click off the employer button, if you're a parent or a young individual that wants to become an apprentice or learn more about how to take the first steps, 
there's that option as well. So, you know, you get to decipher which one are you. And either right. an employer who wants to find more about becoming a sponsor of apprenticeship programs or a young individual or a parent of a young individual that wants to find out more about how to become an apprentice. Okay. Now, in the second half of the show, we're going to talk about, you know, what companies have to do to get this apprenticeship program installed, you know, what what uh, leadership is needed, what uh, financial uh, investment is needed, and all that kind of thing. But I, I just wanted to, in this first half of the show, make the point that there's nothing really better than an apprenticeship program. If you're going to do this and you're going to be in the world of internships and mentorships and all these ways to link the business community with the school community, I nothing stronger than an apprenticeship. Nothing is stronger. Because again, this is the opportunity to provide a young individual or any individual a roadmap to success. Mm. Having an employer invest in that individual by paying them a salary with a guaranteed wage increase, years-long training, access to the schooling and education certifications, and at the end of the day, you can say that individual, all you need to do is show up on time and work hard. If that individual can't do that, you know you've done everything possible to invest in it. And it doesn't mean it's a guarantee, mm -hmm. but from the employer's perspective, you keep banging your head trying to find an experienced person that does not exist. Mm -hmm. Change the approach. Yeah. All right. Fantastic. So you're listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. We have Michael Tedisco on the show today. He's the CEO of Apprenticeship Connections, a fabulous guy, an advocate for uh, apprenticeships, of course. Um, and we're going to find out how to do it in the next segment. If you uh, are have an idea for Radio Jobline, you can write to me, scottp118 at gmail.com. scottp118 at gmail.com. Happy to have you or your idea on the show. And connect with me on LinkedIn because we post all of our shows after they broadcast on LinkedIn. Stay with us, folks. Be right back. May the four winds blow you safely And now, welcome back to Radio Jobline with your host, Scott Possessor, right here on LI News Radio. Welcome, everybody. You're listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. I am joined today by a very interesting man, uh, someone I, I admire, Michael Tedisco, the CEO of Apprenticeship Connections. Michael is a Long Island lifer, wants to make a difference when it comes to the workforce on Long Island. Apprenticeship Connections and Apprenticeship Intermediary is a consulting firm for businesses and associations to implement Department of Labor registered apprenticeship programs and service them once approved. Businesses benefit financially through grants, trained employees and better retention boy trained employees that's something that we all need you know i mean they're just it never it seems like they never are any you get 200 resumes but did you get the skill set you really advertised for no usually not uh so you pick the best of what you can but uh, what i want to know in this segment mike is let's say we have a company out there that's going, mm, apprenticeship, you know, we could use that. You know, we're not getting, we're not generating the workforce that we'd like to, to generate. Uh, we've tried internships, have had mo moderate success, but we need something stronger. We need an apprenticeship program. What do they have to do? It's a great question. So what you have to do is obviously contact the Department of Labor. Well, I would obviously say, obviously a big plug would be to contact me, but let's say I'm not in the equation right now. So mm -hmm. right, the Department of Labor, through the Department of Labor website, dol.ny.gov, I believe it is, mm -hmm. right? And again, there are certain links. You just have to f navigate through the websites and find them. But then you would contact the Department of Labor to let them know that you are showing interest in a program, 
right? To become a sponsor is what that individual company needs to do. Now, you, of course, need to figure out what career path you want to implement into your business, right? And again, there are programs, something as simple or as generic as project manager. There's a project manager apprenticeship program, mm-hmm. all those all those different uh, construction trades we talked about. But mm-hmm. one, you need to have an idea of when you, what do you want to implement, right? And if you know what you want to implement on one of the pages on the Department of Labor is the outline, a work a work process outline of what that program looks like, what the on-the-job training is going to look like, and what the classroom education requirements are going to look like. What if it's not one of the 175 that currently exist, though? Good question. So if it is not listed there, there is a way or a process the Department of Labor allows you to create a program. So mm-hmm. I've created that finished instructor program. I've created a bench jeweler, a jeweler production, and I created now in the process of creating an events coordinator apprenticeship program as well. Mm-hmm. It's what we call ONET. Are you familiar with ONET codes at all? Nope. Not to go down a rabbit hole here, but ONET Online is a federal DOL website where every single career path is associated with a certain code. And that code, if there's a code, then I know for a fact that the Department of Labor will approve as a new trade. You just have to go through the process. I mean, I know the SIC codes. So right. But it's not no, different. No, not that. They're, okay. No, they're not there that. Okay. But let's just say, so now let's say that, that career path, whatever that is, is, mm-hmm. is on this list. Mm-hmm. IT position, health and nursing position, whatever the case may be. So now you have to get assigned what we call an ATR, Apprenticeship Training Representative by New York State, and they will work with you in filling out the application and finding a related instruction provider that is going to be the institution you're going to use to provide the classroom education. Okay. But now you have to also figure out, like, you know, what are the resources? What am I thinking? Is there online options? You know, being able to allow that individual, because again, working is the priority here. So making sure that individual works 30 to 40 hours and then finding, finding time to fit in school afterwards. Mm-hmm. All right. So would it be easier for people to contact you directly? <laughs> and and it, the reason I say easy is because going to a Department of Labor website, not that there's anything wrong with the Department of Labor or their web people, but it can be a little complicated. Absolutely. Lots of different tabs to choose from. Uh, you could spend a day doing that. And you know? not exactly why I do what I do. Mm-hmm. Not, and I work really well with the Department of Labor representatives. Mm-hmm. We have a great relationship. I, I have all of them on speed dial. I know mm-hmm. I could tell you about their, per- like we have a personal relationship. Right. But like you just said, if you went into the Department of Labor website and you did find the list of all the trades the New York State has, Department has, has to offer, they're in alphabetical order. Mm-hmm. So by the time you get to R, you forgot what was D was. Mm-hmm. And that's, a, that's about 15 or 16 pages. Mm-hmm. On my website is a four-page, I'm sorry, three-page document mm-hmm. of all the trades classified by industry. So now you know if you want to get into automotive or if you like IT, here it is, nine trades right here, all for you to see on one page instead uh- of going through... Page seven is cloud engineer. Page 20 is software developer. Like, right. And the reason I'm, I'm bringing up calling you versus the DOL is because this is, no one pays for this. The, the, the candidate who's, who's going to get the apprenticeship does not pay. So I say call you. All right. right? But, but let, let's say people do. So they call you. Uh, how do we get started? Right. Uh, I have the conversation, right? Again, is. First, having a conversation and clarifying where where they're looking to, to fill the biggest need, mm-hmm. and then based on their feedback, hey, you know, like I said, is it this trade something aligned with what you're looking to to do? And again, I've also learned how to make modifications 
Well, that sounds something similar to this, but it would need to be adjusted here, here, and here. Mm-hmm. No problem. Right? At the end of the day, I'm here to do three things. To make this process as stress-free as possible, to ensure success, and this, again, sp- uh, streamline the process, make it stress-free as possible, and to ensure success. Those are the three things I'm looking to do for that individual mm-hmm. because they're good at what they do. They also want to focus on growing their business. They don't have time for the red tape, the bureaucratic, all the, all the, not say nonsense, but again, it is time consuming. When mm-hmm. dealing with any kind of government agency, yes, is just a lot going on. Yeah. So, so if no, could, I, someone could speed up the process for me, right? I rather, I rather know it's, be, it's being done right the first time. And at the very least, you could do that for them. And and then uh, let's talk about something that's sweeping the country right now, which is artificial intelligence. You you can't. Open up a newspaper. You can't read an article. You can't go any place where that is not the topic of discussion. I think people are scared to death of artificial intelligence, if you ask me. A lot of people are afraid their jobs are going to get wiped out. Think about all these people who write stories, and you could just say, you know, go to go to Bard or Gemini and, and say, uh, write me a story about so-and-so, and it's better than what you would have come up with. So a lot of teachers are threatened by it. Uh, there's, there's a lot of people that are concerned about it, but on the positive side, it's a great job market because it pays very well. And I'm wondering if something like that could be hatched, if, if there was a way to, to make a shortcut into artificial intelligence. I have not heard about AI being incorporated into the world of apprenticeship programs. Mm-hmm. Now, cybersecurity, there's been a big push for cybersecurity okay. on the other side when it comes to uh, apprenticeship programs. But I guess the question is, is okay, AI. Now, if everything, apprenticeship programs are related to career paths, what is the career path when it comes to AI? Mm-hmm. AI is almost in, in one aspect or another eliminating the idea of a career path. Mm-hmm. So... I know I have seen it everywhere, and it is literally everywhere. And you see so many different industries talking about it, how it's going to affect your industry or position to businesses, how AI could help you grow your business. But I don't know how young individuals, again, high school, college, or whatnot, is there a way to get into AI as, as an industry? Well, it's not even easy to get into uh, when you can pay for college, you know, because you have to go into what's called machine learning, right? And, and so you have to start out as a programmer. Then you move up to machine learning, and and then you eventually get into a very minor form of artificial intelligence, and then it gets more massive, you know. And then as you get experience, then you make all this great money. There's a lot of money to be made, but cybersecurity is also a great field. And that's the thing that with the apprenticeship programs, it's it's that ent- it's the platform to that entry level position, right? It's it is used as a gateway opportunity to enter a certain field or industry or company, and then once you've proven yourself to then strive on to those more specific um, areas of need or of interest. Mm. All right, let's talk about group sponsors. So as I was just saying before with you, is like, yes, individual sponsor. That company, that's an individual sponsor. Right. A group sponsor is, is a union, right? A union, local 25, local 200, local three, whatever the local number is, on Long Island, New York City, or pretty much anywhere across the country, that local is a group sponsor. And what that means is, that group, or, that group sponsor takes on the responsibility, holds up this big umbrella and says, hey, members of my association, I'm going to handle all the compliance, all the auditing, take care of all the paperwork for you. You get to reap all the benefits of an apprenticeship program as long as you stay under my umbrella. Mm-hmm. So 
on Long Island, I don't know if you know the number, but there are how many trade associations are there? Uh, probably a lot. I right. Guess. I, I can't even find the exact number of associations, but there seems to be associations of associations right. for different associations on Long Island across right. New York State. Mm-hmm. So let's just use an example. Let's say that there was an accounting association or an automotive association. Mm-hmm. If that association pursued the interest of being becoming a group sponsor mm-hmm. and either applied for auto service mechanical apprenticeship program or that junior accountant program, and now they become an approved group sponsor. Now they could offer to all their members the opportunity to take advantage of the apprenticeship program. And then it's also looking as a way of to retain your membership. Mm-hmm. I know associations always have a hard time coming from that world. How do we retain our members? Mm-hmm. Or why are you leaving the organization or the association? Well, you're not really adding any value to my dues. Mm-hmm. Well, no better way to order offer value as an association to be able to offer your members a way to grow and develop their workforce and help them get funding without them having to deal with the paperwork or have to pay my fee. Because mm. now the association is going to hire me to help with them do that. Does it ever bother you, Mike, that this is even necessary? Think, let's think about it for a minute. I mean, why do students or, or young people have to jump through these hoops? Why aren't we teaching them right in the school how to be an electrician or a, or a plumber or or an accountant or anything like that. And and I know that they have to go to college to learn some of that stuff, but a lot of it could be taught a little bit more easily. And uh, like I know there are other cultures and countries in, in this world, like Japan. Okay, let's take Japan. Japan, Japan's Department of Labor speaks directly to the schools. So they say, we're putting up 10 new manufacturing plants. We're going to need 100,000 new people to be in the manufacturing field that can be on a production line. Let's turn out some production line people. And that's what they do. They impact the school. The school changes its curriculum. And boom, you get a match between what the employers are looking for and what the candidates can offer. That does not happen here that's, in the U.S. That's amazing. I didn't know that. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I wish I could have... A clear-cut answer for you. Why does it happen? Mm-hmm. I. This is not a political show. Yeah, no, we, of course we know not. There, we know there are a lot of barriers, whether it be uh, townships and, and whatnot, or control, or uh, different layers of government agencies trying to dictate the direction of what is going on in mm. your area. Mm. But I am here to say that there is this. Uh, my involvement now and what I've done over the last couple of years with high schools. High schools are trying to make a difference. They mm-hmm. are definitely trying to expose these young individuals to career paths and letting them know that there are alternatives to just going to college. Mm-hmm. But again, this is not an easy task. There are definitely different things being done uh, socially or through peer pressure or uh, non, um, what's the word of not being educated enough to know that these programs even exist, mm-hmm. parents from an older generation, whatever the case may be, there are many obstacles. Mm-hmm. But again, schools also have this disconnect with, with the businesses, mm-hmm. right? Like they're definitely trying their best and they come out and they said they pat themselves on the back and like, hey, we're doing this for the kids. But no one is talking to the businesses and saying, no, we don't really want you to focus on this. We've changed now, focus on this new certification or this new license. Mm-hmm. And by the time the schools adapt, it's now outdated. Right. And I think the perfect example is uh, after COVID, all these schools gave all these kids Google Chrome laptops. Mm-hmm. And I'm with schools now, and I'm dealing with high school individuals, and I asked them to send me a resume on a Word document. Do you, hum- you know how many of them do not know how to send me a Word document? They can't. Not- but I get Google 
Sheets links sent to me all the time. You get Google Docs, right? I get right. I get Google Google Docs, and they're like, "No, and this yeah. is the problem." Like the the employers don't want Google Docs, right? Employers want to see it as a PDF or maybe a Word document. Mm-hmm. If you send them a Google sheet, they're going to get you're already like on the bottom of the list. Mm-hmm. But no one is schools are like teaching them all these things when they're using their own platform, right? And that's something as simple as like, why are we not focusing on Microsoft Office in high school immediately? Mm. That's just one example. But listen, it's, again, we have each other. We are ambassadors. You and I trying to make the difference, bring it to people's attention. Mm-hmm. And all we can keep doing is is bring it to people's attention. And if one or two changes are made here and there, great. Well, I think there should be a school business czar of Long Island. And you should have the role. And, and oversee things to the point that people are getting their internships they are getting their apprenticeships they are getting mentoring they're getting something other than what we've been doing we're knocking our heads against the wall for 30 40 years you know to try to bring a business into the school systems and it just seems like this nothing but resistance so you're you're right and um we have to just change things up right Schools, back to your point, schools sit here and offer career fairs. Great. Mm-hmm. It's great that they're offering career fairs. But I unfortunately, at a career fair, and I get maybe 30 to 60 seconds of their attention as they walk by my booth and go to the other 25 booths. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not selling a tchotchke or putting something as a giveaway, my booth is not exciting anyway. Right. And I need about three minutes just to quickly explain to someone what an apprenticeship program is. So basically, I don't have mm-hmm. the opportunity to make that kind of difference in their lives. So I can't do career fairs. Mm-hmm. But schools are offering them. Mm-hmm. So like the, I know they're making that effort, but that's why I created this this APP program, this apprenticeship prep program, where I actually work with school districts on a monthly basis, and I come in and give presentations to the high school st- students and their parents at the beginning of the school year, and just educate them on apprenticeship programs. And obviously, that's why I have the parents there, so that they could be either on board or understand what the mission, the mission, the message and mission is all about. Mm-hmm. And then every month I come in and I talk to kids and I work on their career. Hey, what career path do you want to pursue? And let's talk about your resume. And have you had a job yet? Because I don't know about you, but if you're a senior, you never had a job, that's a problem. Because mm-hmm. we know how to do schoolwork or chores. That's the work component. And there's careers. But that middle part, the job part, mm. is important because jobs are going to help you figure out what career you want to get into. I mean, probably nothing stronger than an apprenticeship, too, for the resume. I mean, if, right. you, if you're going to talk about internships, which are valuable in terms of the, the career you've chosen, if you have two internships or three internships in, in the legal field and you're going to, you intend to be a lawyer, well, someday when you get in, out of law school, those internships are going to appear on your resume and they're going to make a big difference. But at least you figure it out early on, hey, this is something I want to pursue, or after going through that internship experience, mm-hmm. hey, maybe law isn't what I want to get into mm. and i didn't have to go then to a four-year degree like someone that's sitting right across me right now mm-hmm. to figure out after four years oh no maybe i got the wrong degree i don't want that for anyone yeah especially now that colleges are what tripled in cost from back in the 90s so before anyone feels like they made a mistake and they don't have anywhere to turn to when mm-hmm. they graduate college because kids are graduating college now and still feel a little lost mm-hmm. if they if i could help one individual know hey don't feel like you're helpless and you made a mistake. There are 175 different apprenticeship programs you could choose from that either either are similar to your degree or completely different than your degree. But you know what? Here's a career path that's still going to help you be successful. You know, in the old days, 
there was no career planning in the high schools. And now there is. T- today, the career fairs, everything you said, I give them a lot of credit for changing and getting better. But when I went to, uh, when I went to see my guidance counselor in, in my senior year of high school, what she did is help me pick out a college. That was her, that was her job. How do I get this person into college? So there was too much emphasis on it. Uh, I, I wound up getting a degree in geology of all stupid things on earth for me to have a degree in that you could see that I use every day geology. Yeah, right? you look like it. And, and also nobody even told me at that time, no career person at, at my college even said, listen, without a master's degree in geology, you're not even going to get a job. You know, and, and this was the oil embargo was going on uh, back then. So I thought I could find oil or something, whatever. Nothing. I don't know what I was thinking. But but the bottom line is there was very little connection back then. Much better today than there was before. Still a long way to go, Mike. You know, and that's why businesses like yours are critical. But that's also now why they're coming out of college and expecting a six-figure salary the day they walk out the door because mm-hmm. they've been fed so much stuff. And it's like, listen, no employer... Now the employers look bad, like, we're not paying you $100,000. You don't have any work experience. Mm-hmm. And now they look like the bad ones. Mm-hmm. And then you're like, wait, college told us when we get the, we get this degree, we'll make a six-figure job. Mm. There's a, but there's, a, there's that other disconnect. Yeah. But uh, that's so funny here, geology. Yeah. Right. And that's the thing. Why are we expecting 18-year-olds to know what they want to be for the rest of their lives? That's another good, great question. I mean, uh, we have another whole show on that. But again... <laughs> Some of them do, and I always, every time I bring that up in conversations or in network, you know, oh, I know so-and-so. Yes, there's always one person, but the majority of the time, yourself, myself, and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty sure we know others. Mm-hmm. Listen, man, you have to go through some of these dead ends on that roadmap or hit some bumps along the way to figure out, hey, I don't like that. Or mm-hmm. I knew, I, I think I want to pursue this more later on in your 20s, but... Mm-hmm. This should even be, in my opinion, career testing, because I'll tell you why. When I went to college, I wasn't a geology major right away. I was a biology major. And when I, uh, when I um, cut open my first pig embryo and saw the blood, I got sick. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, so you want to be a doctor? But you can't stand a sight of blood. That's me. I was me also. I was like, no, I'm not doing this. I, I know, but, but the point, I wasted chemistry and physics and, and, and all these other courses that I took. And that's why I wound up with a geology degree. Anyway, I don't want to get, get off on a tangent. Michael, you've been wonderful. I want people once again to get your website, phone number, whatever you got. Sure. Uh, again, if you Google Apprenticeship Connections, we are the only one. And I've gotten phone calls from people all over the country. Mm-hmm. Apprenticeship Connections. The website, again, is www.accc, that's three Cs, nys.org. Again, our, that trade list I told you is one of the tabs. We've got videos, uh, one-minute videos about the difference between internships, apprenticeship programs, values to employers, uh, becoming an apprentice. And, of course, the last tab is contact us. And, again, if you're an employer, choose employer. If you're a parent, a young individual, check off individual and just reach out to us. We'll, we'll contact you. All right. And you could do a lot worse than being under the wing of Michael Tedisco. Thank you so much for being here. Thank Mike. you. All right. All right. Uh, you've been listening to Radio Jobline with Scott Possessor. Um, if you want to be on the show or have an idea for Radio Jobline, you can write to me, scottp118 at gmail.com. Happy to have you or your idea on the show. And connect with me on LinkedIn so you can see all of the shows that we've done here on Radio Jobline get posted on my LinkedIn account. Um, after they broadcast here at the studio. So connect with me. Have a great week, everybody. Happy hunting. Roll away. 
The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.